What's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately, and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you from the Panhandle in West Texas, where I'm doing some, some consulting work. By way of introduction, I'm a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose, organizational logotherapist, inspirational speaker, social scientist, and author. You can learn more about me and how we can work together at EliseCortez.com and Gusto-Now.com. Let me thank my partner and sponsor, Work Proud. We are a perfect collaboration. Everyone wants to know they matter and that the work they do is meaningful and appreciated. WorkProud is a mobile platform built to encourage employees to share stories and recognize each other's contribution. WorkProud empowers HR and business leaders to help create company cultures where all employees are inspired to feel proud of their work and proud of their company. Learn more at WorkProud.com. With us today, right next to me, is Sherry Elliott Yeary. She's the founder and CEO of human resources consultancy company, Sherry Elliott Yeary. She's a recognized generational expert, HR consultant, coach, and motivational speaker. She's the author of Ties to Tattoos, Turning Generational Differences into Competitive Advantage, and Crack the Millennial Code, Manage, Market, and Motivate Millennials. We have taken the show on the road to the Panhandle in West Texas, where we are working together on an employee engagement survey project. We've been in the field talking to various employees, talking about their experiences of working for this for this company. And today we'll be talking about employee engagement and well-being as essential drivers of retention, engagement, and performance. Sherry, welcome back for the fourth time to Working on Purpose. Thank you, Elise, for having me. It's so great how this worked out, right? So, you know. Or for being in my room. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> in her hotel room here in, in um, West Texas. So what we want to do today is really, really bring you into our worlds and talk with you about what it is to be on the front lines, helping companies really understand why employees come to work, why do they why do they keep coming back, what do they want from work, and what you can do to make the workplace a better place for them so that they can actually give their best and want to stay. So let me start with you, Sherry. You and I met more than 10 plus years ago, and I called on you. You were, you were, a, you were an unsuspecting suspect, and I called on you hoping to be able to share at the time my um, HR analysis tool with you. And we scrapped that. We were like, forget all that. Let's just talk to each other. Let's, let's work together. So 10 plus years together in the workplace, you've authored several books since then. I've authored one. What's happening in your world today that you want to start with? Actually, it's just the fact of connection and collaboration. I mean, there's just that energy that people follow. And so I think it's a, a perfect start to what we're doing today. I mean, why work together on a project as important as this? I mean, it's that energy, it's that connection. And that's what we're doing with this um, client. It's saying, why do you even want to work together? Why do you want to partner together? Even what we're doing, I don't understand Spanish and this client needs somebody who can translate. Well, there you are. That's what you do. And I provide HR. So the synergy we have together is perfect. You have an offering I don't have, 
and I have something in my years of HR and my manufacturing side that I've been able to use with them. And look what we bring after so many years of knowing each other, not just personally, but professionally. And we bring that to this one client and that synergy to give them the project that they need. Mm-hmm. So what I appreciate, listeners and viewers, is there's a certain art and, and science and listening, right? Being really present to be able to hear and catch what someone says in the way of what they're looking for in the world. And, you know, in this case, this client we're working with, this is the first time that they've ever in their 50 years of operation done an employee engagement survey. So think about what that really means. For them to get to the place where they are mature enough to be able to hear and listen to what's happening in the world around them to be able to consider, wow, we might need to really investigate this and really take this seriously. Think what that really takes. And so I want to commend them for 50 years of successful operations. And here we are now, they're at a juncture where they want to take things to another level. And they know they really can't do that until they really understand the lay of the land. And so here we are, and, and Sherry knows that I speak Spanish, and she's been working with this client for a while. And so she said, you've got something that I don't have. Together, we bring something totally different and better. Let's do this together. And so, you know, what are some of the things that you already notice about this company that in your work with them have helped advance them? I think it's just their ability to listen and to stretch. Um, There's a course I'm taking right now, and I love the term growing edges. And um, I don't like it for me personally. (laughs) Let me just say that Um, when it's my growing edge, but I love to see it with my client and to watch them being willing to expand and to hear things that are difficult, but yet they're still at it and they're going, I want to know more. What does our workforce need? What do they want to hear? They employ a huge amount, maybe 60% of their workforce is from Mexico. And they're still saying, how can we treat them better? How can we take care of them better? What do they need more of? And this is the tool that they said we want to learn by. And guess what? We don't want to be involved in it. We want to bring outside support in it. And I just think, I mean, I'm commending them on that. That takes a lot of bravery. That takes a lot of vulnerability to me. Mm-hmm. Now, let's step back for just a moment here for our listeners and viewers who are going like, why in the world are you guys involved in the first place? So it's really important that we situate that how this thing started was, you know, this really was a situation where the company was in a situation where their main, a main customer said, hey, you got to do something different or else we don't want to do business with you. And so that was a major flag saying, you guys, you know, really, it's a, it's, things have to change. So they may not have noticed that they needed to better engage their workforce if they didn't have a customer saying, hey, there's major, major problems here. So can you speak a little bit to to the extent that you can while you're protecting your client, how this whole thing started and what you, what they've learned along the way in meeting you and how you've helped them raise their consciousness about what it is to be in business in 2021? Yeah, I think just like so many organizations, they don't know what they don't know. And from my perspective, after 30 some years in human resources, a lot of companies go, well, I have a human resource person. And I go, okay, well, tell me about them. Well, they were the payroll clerk or they were the office manager. Well, they've been here long enough. Well, they become the HR person. I'm like, oh, well, did they go to school to do HR? No. Did they um, get a degree? No. Um, Do they know anything about it? No. 
And so a lot of times companies have the best intention, but what they do is they over elevate and promote somebody into HR who has no skill set. And just like this client, it got them into a lot of trouble because nobody understands the law around human resources. And just like this client, it got them into trouble. They didn't mean to do anything wrong. Their intentions were not malicious, but it did get them into trouble. And so what happens then is their clients, their customers find out and say, you need to fix this. And so fortunately for me, I do a lot of networking with attorneys and attorneys don't want to get involved directly. They would rather send it out to somebody who's got a lot of years in human resources like me and in an education. And thankfully, I do a lot of networking with SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. And they called me and said, can you come in and fix this? We need you to have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas, especially in Texas, because there's a lot of immigration challenges. So now for our listeners and viewers that are like, that sounds interesting. They rec- you now recognize, right, that there was a problem. There was some major, major event that happened that caused this company to say, okay, we need an outside perspective. Now, Sherry, if you could... Let's now paint for our listeners and our viewers the kinds of things they might start to notice in their company that would make them go, hey, we need to look at employee engagement or well-being. Share some of the things that you've seen over your years that would be like telltale signs. Let's look at this. Yeah, um, a lot of turnover. So high turnover, unexplained, um, immigration issues. So um, companies that usually shy away from doing E-Verify are a good indication or they don't want to do a lot of document verification for people's work documents, especially if they're hiring a lot of people from Mexico. That's another um, good indication that the workforce may have a challenge. Um, A lot of diversity issues. um, They don't have good personnel files. They don't have anybody who has actually gone to school for human resources or they don't have a separation between human resources and payroll. That's another good indication. They have um, a lot of workers' comp claims or um, unemployment claims, those sorts of things. How about this? They haven't had an employee handbook maybe ever, (laughs) or maybe it's been over 10 or 20 years. That also might be another good indication. So any one of those things or all of the above. So what I so appreciate about my role in getting to work with this organization is there is a serious and contemplative listening that I, I am present to. And so what I what I see now and what Sherry's done in her work, and Sherry and I have been friends for years and colleagues for about those same years. And so we've done a lot of different projects together. And so once she'd been on this project for quite several months, she'd gotten to know them. There began to be an elevation of thinking and 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 decision-making about how to run the business, at which point there was an opportunity to start talking about employee engagement. So once she had really put out the fires of some of these major problems in the organization, there was now a space to start to look at, wow, how can we actually elevate this organization and bring it into a higher level of maturity and operation, which is at that, that's the point when we actually consider employee engagement. And so what I think is important for us to, to talk about and recognize in this conversation when you're thinking about, well, when would we know we need to bring in an HR consultant? When would we know to bring in somebody to talk about employee engagement? When you start to recognize that things really aren't working as well as they could be, or you get some kind of a major flag from outside, like this customer saying, hey, we're not going to work with you until you figure this stuff out. Sometimes it takes an outside source saying things are not going as well as you think it is for, for, 
for the universe to get your attention. So um, what I would say from, from my vantage point is uh, the work that I get to do around leadership development, employee engagement, visioneering with stakeholders is that it really is we're, we're now getting into the place where we're starting to really elevate an organization. And, and I'm so grateful that I get to do that. And any organization is eligible, eligible depending on where they are. So do you want to weigh in about kind of what your perspective has been about when you see organizations start to elevate their maturity levels and how to recognize when it's time to get help to get to the next level? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's always a good time to be ready to go to the next level once they seem to have someone in the organization willing to take that banner and to run with it. Somebody has to have the courage to be able to stand out and say, you know what, it's time to do something different. And that really is important. I mean, they had nobody internally who was willing to stand up and say, you know what, it's okay that this isn't working and it's time to do it differently. And they didn't have that. And it was the owner who said, you know what, I think we need to bring in this HR consultant. She costs a lot of money. And in his, in his terms, he was like, this costs a lot of money. And I was like, well, let me just tell you, in <laughs> Dallas terms, I don't cost a lot of money. But somebody has to be willing to say this isn't working. And so it doesn't matter who it is, but someone has to champion change. And when it comes to employee engagements, I really do believe, and this is what I told my client before I said, this is what Elise needs to be doing. I said, are you ready for this employee engagement process? Do you really want to know what's broken? And are you ready to hear what's going well? And when you hear what's not going well, are you ready to champion that and start changing the culture? Because you're going to hear some things you're not prepared to hear. And that to me is really important. Don't ask if you're not prepared to make some changes. So I'll piggyback on that. So one of the things that we all know is feedback can be really hard. But here's the great thing, ladies and gentlemen. When we ask for the feedback, it's a lot easier to hear it. When we say, look... We've implied that we've employed this employee engagement organization to be able to hear your perspectives, and, and therefore we're asking for it. No matter what comes back, it becomes a little bit easier than just this barrage of "Hey, you guys, this is just not working" kind of thing. So, you know, as a, a professional working in the space, it is such a, a coveted, sacred space to be able to catch that that information and then catch it. In a, in a live interaction and then report it back to the organization anonymously so that we can actually do something about it. And I, I want to applaud the courage of the, of the companies that say, okay, we're ready to take that next step because feedback is hard. I don't care if you're an individual leader, if you are a company, if you are someone in your home space, feedback is hard. And this is the way we grow though. So um, for us getting to be in the space, we, we, see each, we see our work as really helping to steward growth inside leaders and organizations. And how awesome is that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It takes courage. It does. And, it's, and it, it is a sacred space to get to, to dance in that world with you. So thanks for the opportunity. With that, let's grab our first break. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. We've been there on the air with Sherry Elliott Yeri, the founder and CEO of Human Resources Consultancy Company, Sherry Elliott Yeri. She's a recognized generational expert, HR consultant, coach, and motivational speaker. We've been talking a bit about our work together with this client in the West Texas panhandle around employee engagement. After the break, we're going to talk more about engagement and well-being. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. As I've watched the pandemic continue on, we've looked for ways to help companies support their employees handle the anxiety, stress, depression, and feeling disconnected while also helping to lift and inspire them with ongoing professional development. So we're now offering a well-being webinar learning series called Grab Your Gusto, Vital Well-Being from the Inside Out. You can learn more about that at EliseCortez.com or send me an email to Elise at EliseCortez.com and we can talk more about how it can help your employees. If you're just joining the program, my guest is Sherry Elliott Yeary. She's a recognized generational expert, HR consultant, coach, and motivational speaker. We've taken the show on the road as we're conducting an employee engagement survey project in the West Texas Panhandle. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. So I want to start this next segment just saying that over the years that I've gotten to do employee engagement work, it's a privilege to get to work with leaders who have the courage and the willingness to look at what's maybe working well in the organization and in themselves and what's not. And I've had the, honestly, the absolute sacred opportunity to be able to stand with them as they realize they've learned things that they had no idea that were just not working about their communication style, the way that they hire, the way they develop, the way that they train, the way they promote. And so getting the chance to be able to be in that space with with companies where there is a serious yearning to, to do better is an honor. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, I think the um, the opposite is so often true that when I see an organization willing to one, just enter into the space and then two, willing to pay for it and then three, to actually receive it, <laughs> it's just amazing to me. And so... It, it's just it's so exciting that, um, especially during COVID time right now, um, to see what we're getting to do this week, it, it's actually thrilling. It really is. It, it is thrilling. And I, I really want to take it back even deeper on the true human level here in terms of my personal pers- experience here. And that is that in, in this particular company that we're working with, they do, as Cher said, we have a lot of uh, people who speak English as a second language working here. And they have various forms of, 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 of labor agreements with them. And can I tell you how, how amazing it is? This company is so committed to learning the perspectives of these employees. They did bring me in because I can speak Spanish. But what we're also learning, though, is that many of these employees don't read or write any language. And so the sacred opportunity to sit with them and help them understand why we're asking the questions of them and then explaining to them what the questions are so that we can get their responses that even just today, it was the greatest thing, ladies and gentlemen, to work with with several groups of people 
And um, some of them said, I don't read and I don't write. And so we had the, the survey out in, in written, um, typewritten form. And, and so I was explaining the questions and then the answers. And they're like, oh, I know what answer to give. And people, one woman said, I can't write my response. And I said, you can, because all the, the responses is a check mark. And so the greatest thing was here's a company allowing, empowering this person to be able to actually write for the first time, mm-hmm. simply writing her response. Now, if that is not catching a voice and catching an experience, I don't know what is. So I really want to applaud this, this company for giving the voice to their, to their employees to really talk about what it is to have their experience in any form they're able to. They made it accessible for them. And how amazing is that? That is a commitment to employees and it is a way to reach out to them to help them any way that they can. And I think that what that shows to me is that shows a commitment to conscious capitalism, environmental social governance investing, where you're really trying to be able to do business on a greater level beyond just making a profit, but really just lifting the lives of all the employees that are in the organization. I will be a part of that anytime, anywhere. Call me. I will be there. It was beautiful to watch today and to see them um, laughing and to see them getting excited when um, they knew the answer to the question once they heard. They couldn't understand it on the paper, but once they understood what Elise was asking and they were like, yeah, that was my answer. That's what I want. And they couldn't write in the comments section what they wanted to say, but Elise could write it down for them. And in their, their language, in, in their, their language. language, but their voice was being heard. They didn't know what she was writing, but they knew that she was writing what they wanted to say. And their voice was mattering. And it, I mean, it just, it mattered to them. Their voice counted, their words counted, and they were being heard. And so even though at first when I talked to my client and I said, you guys better be prepared for what you're going to get back. And I also told them, and by the way, these are two people right here, and I can guarantee you I'm recommending someone that is also going to tell you no. You can't get us to tell you who said what. That is very important to me, and it's going to be very important to this person because these people, it's important that our integrity, but also they know it's confidential, that they feel safe, and it's a sacred process so that they know that their words aren't going to be used against them. And that is so important. It's so important that these people, because they're vulnerably showing up. These are people who don't even know how to read or write, and they're trusting in the process. They're trusting in the people who are standing up in front of them and saying, we are going to protect you. That is so important. So important. It is. And think about that for just a second. These people are counting on their jobs. They need their jobs. Mm-hmm. And if there is any fear of retaliation, that if they speak their mind honestly, because I can't tell you the number of times I said, you know, be honest in your response. Uh, if there is any concern that they're going to lose their job for speaking up, then we've really got a problem here. If, if you paid someone, us, to come into an organization and solicit the feedback, and now you're going to use it against your employees because you asked them for their feedback, yeah. We need one of us is going to work with you. That's for sure. That's right. And, and, and so what was so beautiful, what I want you to understand is your employees know how to run your organization better than you do, but you're not asking them for, for, their, commi- for their feedback, their commitment, or their ideas, but they do know how to do their work better than you, you think they do. 
your opportunity is to listen to them and hear what they have to say. So today we heard simple things. We ask about security and, 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 and safety. Do you have the tools that you need to do to be able to do your job well in, in today's pandemic? And, you know, some of them were like, oh, well, mostly. And so it was a little bit of digging. Well, what do you need? What's missing for you? This is not a complaint. It's what's missing for you that's not yet supplied. And in some cases, it was simply gloves that don't actually tear. Okay, that's actionable, isn't it? Right? And so this could have been known for months, but we didn't do anything about it because they didn't actually have a means to speak up about it. So what we both know is that your employees can actually help you improve the operations of your company, save you money and make more money and make a better difference in the community if you will engage them in conversation. And it reduces the number of work accidents. And let me tell you from the audits that we've been going through, never mind, OSHA as well. I mean, one personal protective equipment that doesn't cause them to hurt their hands when they're on a manufacturing line. I mean, that's all that they need. A $5 pair of gloves that don't rip every month, every two weeks. It's a huge deal. And if they're not able to tell their supervisor for whatever reason, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Their supervisor may not even be doing anything wrong, but if they feel like they can tell us through this avenue, it's saving on work-related injuries or OSHA reportable claims or whatever it happens to be, or they don't come back to work, whatever it is. So one of the things that I want you to be very present to listeners and viewers is that there are there's a very, very large scale of comfort that people have in terms of being able to speak their mind, being able to share their experience. And so a lot of people are not schooled in the idea that of giving the idea, uh, giving their experience and their and their um, opinion about what's going well and what's not. So they don't say anything. They have this multitude of information they're sitting on, but they don't, they haven't thought that they could actually share it. So if you give them literally the microphone and say, please tell us your experience, what can yeah. be better here? You would be amazed what you could learn about your own organization that you don't know. That's right there in front of you. But if you only ask the people that are on the front line, they will tell you if you make it safe for them and you make sure that they know that their opinion matters, they matter. We ask simple things in this in this survey. Do you know, does, does your supervisor indicate to you that you're valued and appreciated? Do you know how important that is to people? Do you know that actually for them going the extra mile and working an extra two hours to cover their, their fellow's shift because they went out for a birthday party? is really important for the integrity of the team. But they did all that to make things happen. Did you actually know that was happening, that magic was happening in your organization? Probably not, unless you ask or notice. One of the smallest things that came out of one of our audits that was not intentional, but I had this idea, was we redid one of their break rooms and it cost us $9,800. And I actually took one of our internal um, construction guys and I said, hey, and I showed him a picture out of one of the lunchrooms that I'd seen in a magazine that I'd done one time at another client's. I said, can you do this? He goes, oh, yeah, we have the wood, we have the et cetera, et cetera. I said, less than 10000 I got approval. And I went out and rolled out their very first handbook in December. And everybody came up to me and tried to tell me, because I don't understand Spanish as well, and tried to tell me how grateful they were for their new lunchroom. And it was less than $10,000 for about four to 500 employees. So you do the math, less than $10,000 impact for 500 employees. 
And that was so exciting for them that that was it. And it was a huge impact. That's all they needed was a place to put their things and to have more microwaves. So in their 30 minute break, they had more microwaves so that they could warm up their food. Mm. That's, that's all they needed. So listeners, viewers, think about this for just a second. Do you want to matter to somebody in, in, in their lives? Do you want to make a difference to other people? Do you want to know that your life actually made a difference and lifted the lives of other people? It's not that hard. It's about listening and seeing what you can do to address a need. And really, there's so much you can do to impact the lives of people who work with you in your organization. And when you think that, we spend at least a third of our lives working. And if that experience of work is not fulfilling, is not good, guess what? The chances of their whole entire lives being fulfilling is almost zero. So you have, the, you have a tremendous opportunity to make a difference in the lives of all of your employees by making their experience of work better. And you do that by listening and asking questions and doing something about the feedback that they actually give you. And there's something for me, I, um, I had started out in human resources, I believe the minute I went into high school. And um, I feel like I was born into it. And motivational speaking and writing was something that I kind of had to do because I didn't stop talking about certain topics. So I felt like I better put pen to paper. Um, I make a bigger impact in my career as a human resource consultant because I get to see people. I get to know what they need. I get to honor my word. I get to hear their stories. I get to fix their problems. I can get on stage in front of thousands of people and I can say something, but I don't ever get to see that I can make a difference. I get to go to a client and I can do something about what I'm seeing. And it feels really good to know that I can change one thing for somebody and know that I will have an impact. And these are the things that make my life meaningful. These are the kind of opportunities that are just amazing to me. Mm, You know that I'm completely lock, step and barrel with you on that. Uh, Yes. And so each of you have the opportunity, those of you that are listening to this, have the ability to really greatly impact lives. And it really does start with listening and then doing something about that. And you would be amazed how simple it really is if only you will actually listen. And so what I appreciate about this opportunity is being engaged as an employee engagement consultant in this particular matter to be the one that gets to catch these voices, these views, and then give them back to the organization in a, an anonymous report that shows here's the report, the results of what your people said about their experience. And here's a few things that I suggest you do to address those things. Now let's get to work and roll our sleeves and make it happen. Um, it's amazing what you can do. And here's the thing. Improvement is forever. If you ever think you are done, you should just close your doors of your business. And that as a person or as a leader, because when, when you get the idea that you're as good as you get, guess what? You just got left behind. So with that, let's take our last break. I am Dr. Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Sherry Elliott Erie. She's the founder and CEO of human resource consultancy company, Sherry Elliott Erie. She's a recognized generational expert, HR consultant, coach, and motivational speaker. We've been really talking about more of really what I would say the nitty gritty of employee engagement. In this show, we often talk about thought leadership topics. Here, we really are on the road letting you in to the work that we do. Stay with us. We'll be right back. After the break, we're going to talk more about the actual idea of well-being in the workplace. See you then. 
Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. I am actually on the road in West Texas here doing an employee engagement survey. I wanted to share with you, if you don't know, if you haven't heard me say this, I actually had a baby in the pandemic. Yeah, it actually is a small little uh, rectangular thing called a book, but it's called Purpose Ignited. And I really wrote it to turn on and awaken passion and purpose in, in, in readers and turn them into inspirational leaders that actually realize, help realize the greatness in, in, in their followers. And I really am out to be able to help create workplaces where people want to come to work, do their best work, realize their best selves, inspirational leaders lead them to that, and they do work on a level that they had never seen before to make a difference in the world. That's what I'm up to. If you are just tuning into the program, my guest with me right next to me is Sherry Elliott-Eary. She's a recognized generational expert HR consultant, coach, and motivational speaker. We have been talking about employee engagement here. What I want to do in this last segment and really bring it in is bring it into well-being. One of the things that I began to really pay attention to as the pandemic wore on in 2020 is I was looking for more ways that I could help. What could I do as someone who loves meaning, purpose, motivation, inspiration, leadership development? And I began to notice that more and more when I, when I looked at what was going on in the world, many leaders of organizations were concerned about the mental health and well-being of their employees. Employees had been shut in for more than a year. They'd lost connection. They were having to really focus on a a platform that involved keeping the kids in school, trying to be engaged and productive at work, all under one roof. And so that was something that I knew that I could address in terms of of the work that I'd already done as a logotherapist, as somebody who is anchored in passion, meaning, and purpose. And so that's where the whole uh, well-being uh, webinar series came from. So I'd like to hear from you, Cher, your perspective of what you've seen in the trenches in this last year in terms of what you notice about the signs that well-being is an issue for companies. I think they um, really struggled this last year even more so because for probably the last 10 years, I, from an HR perspective, said to companies, you know, this whole work-life balance um, is so opposite. And I started writing about that when I did Ties to Tattoos. I said, we have it all wrong. Millennials had it right. It was life-work balance. You know, they really thought, you know, my life is supported by my work. It's not work comes first, life is second. And now with people not being able to be at work, they're really struggling like, what are we doing at home? How do we separate when work starts, when work ends? And, okay, we're not out talking to people. And, of course, baby boomers had a really hard time because their their whole life is work. And now it's just at home. 
And so, you know, my husband affectionately, he'll kill me when he sees this. Um, he has his day pajamas <laughs> and his night pajamas. And he's like, should I put which ones on? You know, and because now you're on Zoom or Teams or whatever, and you just change your top. And so I think a lot of people, and I hear about this affectionate COVID 20 or whatever, 30, people really lost their mental connection, their physical shape. And I joking tell people all the time, I got my, you know, my Peloton bike, I put a gym in my garage, because I refuse to lose my well being, my mental, my physical, um, it just wasn't going to happen. But I think a lot of people who were so entrenched in their schedule, and what they counted on, it was all taken away, because they didn't have their own connection. That was hard. It was really hard and COVID took a lot of that away for people and they just haven't righted themselves with it. And organizations haven't, they haven't been prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly what we also know is that really it's going to be pretty hard for any organization to go back to whatever normal was right, right? now. Now we recognize that we can work virtually and many employees are not going to want to go back to working from the office every single day of the week. They are still going to be a virtual or remote capacity here. And so what I found in, the, in my ongoing consulting work last year is I kept serving more of my clients is what I found by listening to the individuals of the teams that I was working with is they would say things like, you know, my overall life works because of, of how I have created my overall life. So the way that I work, I have, I have colleagues at work that feed me socially. They teach me things. They keep me stimulated, et cetera. And that makes the rest of my life work. And so when we pull that away, it's, not long, it's no longer there those people lose their vital energy, their vital connection. Mm-hmm. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, it doesn't matter. There's a connection there that is important. And, and then the whole notion of finding a way to stay meaningfully connected when this is how we do it, like we're doing it electronically. We lose the benefit of eyeballs and, and physical touch. And I saw her, I know when she twitches her, her, her eyebrow like that, what that really means. Yeah. We, we lose that nuance sometimes through Zoom. And so... My position on the matter is that there is actually a lot you can do to be able to teach and coach individuals in your organizations to be able to take the matter of well-being in their own hands, to teach them, to empower them, to be able to develop it from within so that they know how to take better care of themselves. That is the opportunity that I, that I stand for helping organizations to create because when you can help them understand how they can better energize themselves from the inside out by being able to focus on meaning passion, inspiration, and purpose, what makes them unique and so important in the workplace, you have elevated who they are as a human, as a human individual, and you have networked them in your organization in a, in a bigger way. And now you've turned on a workforce and a, a bigger spigot that can help them work more productively together and serve you as an organization. And it's so powerful. And there's so much you can do to actually make that happen. Any thoughts on that matter? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's critical. I think it just changed everything on how an employer has to work it, how they have to incentivize people, how they have to have a lot more customized programs and recognition. And it really has changed. What's an employee referral program? What, what do employees need? How do they manage? Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, it can't go back to what is the traditional management style. Everybody needs something different right now. 
Yeah, and so where I where I come from, ladies and gentlemen, is I really do. I'm I'm so out to be able to help every single individual person that I can possibly touch to understand what makes them beautifully unique and how can they bring that into the world to contribute their talents and their passion to make their workplace and the world a better place. In so doing, they're going to feel more fulfilled, more turned on. You're going to get a better employee, a better product, better higher customer service. They get a better life. Everybody wins in this deal. They come home from work. You know what happens instead of kicking the dog or yelling at their spouse? They're more engaging. They're more, they're more charitable. They're more, they're more engaging about that space of who are you? How was your day today? And that just ripples through the whole community. And that, for me, I'm out to be able to raise that tide, which is why do I subscribe to meaning, passion, inspiration, purpose, conscious capitalism, ESG investing. Those are all things that lift the tide. And there is so much that companies can do individually to be able to invest in their employees. It doesn't have to be expensive to be able to help them learn how to connect with those critical, vital meaning sources that help energize them literally from the inside out and make their world better on a moment-to-moment basis. It's a big, tall order, though, these days. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, HR people going, what? How do we start? <laughs> no, honestly, they go, what? They go, I don't even have that, you know? And I think they're going, that, that's a huge shift for them. And I think it starts with each person recognizing, do I feel fulfilled? Is this where I'm driven? I mean, the day I left my human resource job, as vice president of HR, it was, do I feel like this is where I'm being led? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go off and do it on my own. And I think according to LinkedIn, I've worked for myself for 16 or 17 years. Every time I look at it, I go, oh, congratulations. I have an anniversary. But I don't look at it that way. And I go, as long as I'm feeling passionate about what I'm doing and I find purpose, even today, when there was a couple of different meetings we had, I went, God. I'm still loving what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. When I look at people and I know that I'm making a difference, I go, this is where the juice is for me. And that's where it is. That's where I want to keep trying to find a way to help my clients understand that. Mm. So I have to, of course, share with you uh, what's become a friend of mine, a colleague of mine that who I hold dear. And he is a fantastic inspirational leader that we can all learn from. And his example of how he leads and how he lives is something we can all uh, beg, borrow, and steal from. His name is Bob Chapman, and he is the CEO of Barry Waymuller. And I met him last August, had him on, on the show. We've become friends since. And Bob Chapman has a book uh, with Raj Sisodia called Everybody Matters. And the notion is, is that as a leader, and I don't care if you have uh, authority or power, you can be a leader just by your influence. I don't care where you are in the organization. But every leader has the ability to recognize that everybody matters in their circle, in their team, in their company, and to communicate that. And when you do, you lift these people so strongly, they will never forget you for that. And so the thing that I love about Bob Chapman is he has this notion that he came to realize that in the 12,000 people, I think it is, that work for his companies, that that every single one of them is someone's precious child. So think about that. You have the opportunity to be able to impact the, the overall lives of someone's precious child. You get the most exposure to that one precious child than anything else does in the world because of the work that they do. You have the, the opportunity to be able to impact that and make that better just by your actions, your choices, and how you communicate. So important. So if you give people the chance to be fired up about their work, engaged in their work, 
that you teach them how to take better care of themselves and see where their energy and their spark is and where their passion is. What would happen if you opened a spigot of passion in your organization? How would that change how you create, how you innovate, how your employees show up? What if you could do that for people? What would that be for a gift? How would that be for a legacy for you? Huge. You know, when people, let me flip it around the other way. So the possibilities are endless of what you just shared. From a human resource perspective, when people do not have passion and purpose, your absenteeism, your illness, your workers' comp rates, your what I call my on-the-job retired face, (laughs) they are at their desk, but they are not available, okay? They are not performing it is ridiculous. And so if you can give them that spark, you can offer them the opportunity to learn something new. My stepdaughter was in a job she did not like. She was just barely doing what she needed to do. But someone saw in her something that was perfect because she's kind of like a nerd. She loves trying something new. And all it took was this woman in HR to say, hey, you know what? She'd be really good at that. And it's all this new innovation. And She's loving it. But all it took was someone to recognize that in her and to do that one thing, that one thing. And they saved her. She would have found another job somewhere else. That's all it took was just to reach out to her and to do that thing, to find something and to offer it to her. So one of the things that I say in my Purpose Ignited book, which is really, it's it's really at the at its ability to it's an inspirational leadership book and but it is for everyone i have people that are using it to be able to navigate their own uh, own awakening to their passion and purpose it's the greatest thing because you know what's happening is the people that are reading the book say things like their spouses say i don't know who this is that i'm married to but i like it i've never seen them before but i like it and and so this whole notion right that you really can as a as an inspirational leader if you're if, if you'll do what i ask you to do you go looking for what's great about the people that work for you and you help them see that for themselves and then you help steward them to an even greater expression of that. What do you have? You have somebody who will never forget you, who will always appreciate you and who will go to the end of the world to help move the mountains inside your organization. Sounds pretty good to me. Yep. And so if you can develop that skill, that ability, it's that's a home run all the way around in your life. And so that is what I'm asking you to do in the work that I do. And Sherry's now helped us understand how does that actually hit the bottom line for your organization? How does it show up as an expression in your organization? Um, we'd love to hear how you, how this lands for you. If you'll contact contact me first at elisaelisecortez.com. Let us know your thoughts about this conversation. What are you doing with it? What did it spur? What, what resonated? What irritated you? What made you go, oh, I don't want to look at that? I'd like to hear about that. So Sherry, here we are toward the very end of the show already. Um, you know the show is listened to by people across the world. They're out to make the workplace a better place. They're trying to consider how to develop themselves into inspirational leaders and do business at a higher level. What would you like to leave the listeners with? I'd say be brave. You know, start stepping out first. You know, somebody has to do it. Carry the flag. Um, be vulnerable. And um, just just come up with some new ideas and show people you care that you're willing to do the work necessary to change the culture. And um, and start start making that change happen, and and that's beautiful. And I'll I'll echo and add to that. In that you know what, it's going to feel uncomfortable to st- to stand out there and put yourself out like that. Yeah. So have some conviction about it. 
and you know, remember where you stand from. You where where you're coming from. You're out to make the world a better place for your employees. That will always win. Yeah. Always win. You're out to make your company more profitable, more innovative. Always, it will win. So stand with conviction when you talk about these things. It's worth being uncomfortable. It's worth getting the pushback from people who say you're crazy. And then contact us, and we'll help you off the cliff. That's right. <laughs> So thank you, Sheriff, for once again coming on the show. This is show number four for us. Thank you again for joining us. Listeners and viewers, if you want to learn more about Sherry Elliott Yuri, her books or the work she does, one way to do it is just go to generationalguru.com. And thanks again to our partnering sponsor, WorkProud, which helps companies build a platform where their workforce receives meaningful feedback and thanks for their work from people across the organization. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch a recorded podcast. We were on the air with Matt Gerber, who is a corporate social responsibility expert. We talked about the work he does in this field and in environmental social governance investing to help companies serve their greater community through these social governance projects while tremendously elevating the motivation and engagement of their employees. It was an incredibly inspiring conversation. Next week, we'll be on the air with Scott Chisholm talking about is building a social enterprise tech company that's helping the nonprofit community raise funds online and accelerate their impact. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.